Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. If you want to know what we're about, we're about cutting it loose. We're starting this podcast at a very solid 7 a.m. We're just waking up. Well, we said 7 a.m., but... We're starting this podcast at 7.13 a.m. Uh, we got a jammed, jammed, packed show. Jam-packed show for you today. Um, we're going to be going over uh, some big overreactions um we're gonna be covering our playoff predictions dear math bitch <laughs> and then uh of course we're gonna dive into hard knocks episode two where the lines are at in preseason what we like what we don't like um who's turning heads who needs to improve a little bit more all that good stuff um but yeah it's gonna be a great show uh you got anything out Nope, I, I think you pretty much covered everything. Still waking up, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. It's time to talk about the first week of preseason football has come and gone. And Al, give me your hottest take you got on the board right now. Uh, hottest take right now. Preseason week one. This is ESPN's most annoying news cycle. Oh of yeah. The year. No, the semi-real one. I mean, it's true. It's not that. Hot it is one hundred percent. Here, here's my hot take overreaction. Um, Zach Wilson's a bust. Like you know, we talk about Kyler Murray being too small yeah. for the league. I mean, mm-hmm. we, I think there was a lot of concerns about his durability because of his play style and his size when he came in. That, that dude's light years ahead of Zach Wilson, as far as I'm concerned. Zach yeah. Wilson has put together pretty much nothing, like, as far as his rookie NFL year to now. And, like, he's talked about, like, he's, like, this giant beacon of hope in New York. And every single time I hear about him, it's just him fucking up somehow. So Yeah, I mean, uh, his rookie year, he, he basically got upstaged by Mike White. I would say that Mike White's run. Well, for I mean, I was a very... I think it was a one week run. No, no. I mean, that was three or four weeks, I would say. You know, he had, he probably had, uh, he came in the game, he came in, he had a good game. And then he probably, I think he played two more good games after that. The, the, the game that he came in and then he said uh, to the media that he should have been the number one pick in the draft um, and stuff like that. And then he played the Colts. And because I, I, I got hook, line, and sinker into it and I it, took him. Yeah. And then he played like shit against the Colts and got hurt. Actually, he didn't play. No, no, he didn't play that. Yeah. But he got hurt. Um, My my point is, I would say that that Mike White is more rememberable. Uh, It's early here, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Memorable. I'm I'm drinking the member berries. Um, I would say that that was more rememberable. (laughs) Is that a word? No, no. You're you're looking (laughs) for memorable. Okay. More memorable than... Anything Zach Wilson did last season. What the fuck is this piece of shit? Right? <laughs> well, I, I think Zach Wilson right now, I mean, I know Trevor Lawrence, his stats were dog dookie on Urban Meyer's team his rookie year. He got a pass. 100%. I think he gets a pass because of the coaching. Um, you know, Zach Wilson, I think, gets a pass asterisk, but mainly it was because of injury and him not playing very well. It just seems like, I don't know, we've been we've been – glowing about the Jets. We, I guess everybody's kind of been glowing for the, the Jets media. off season. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just the most Jets thing possible for 
uh, him to go down in week one of the preseason. Sounds like he's going to miss two to four weeks. And uh, get ready for Joe Flacco time. Joe Flacco versus Baltimore week one is what we're going to be served. Did with. I did so. I see this right? It's it's a bone bruising, so it wasn't anything you know crazy. I thought I read it was a it was a minor, a very minor t- like tear. Oh uh, well. That might make more sense because did I see it right that he had to undergo surgery for this? Mm, I don't know enough to answer that question. Okay. Well, I think he did. Um, besides the point. Uh, he'll and, be back for the season. I mean, you know, yeah, he'll like, be back for the season and, and we'll get to see him in regular season action where we will find out whether or not this guy might be a bust or if. But these are why good. we're, you know, it's overreaction headlines. Yeah, so I'm saying absolutely. bust. Because <laughs> that's what you guys are um, My overreaction headline, I think that this uh, quarterback class that has been kind of dragged through the mud um, will produce at least three NFL above average starters. Wow. That's definitely a hot take. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, they all played pretty freaking good this weekend. Kenny Pickett played really well. Kenny Pickett. Um, let me. Uh, Malik got... Willis. Uh, here's here's my thing with him. I think he he did look good. He had a lot of good highlight real plays. Um, but I don't know. His throws looked really wonky. They I don't did. know if you watched the like the highlights. They and did. Stuff, but yeah, yeah. His motions look really weird, and he looked very his uh, progressions were not there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he. Yeah, the like the scramble he had for the score was really nice, and he did yeah. make some nice throws. He, he, you know, it was it was some good highlight reel plays, but yeah, just just kind of funky. I don't know, needs needs some work there. I think so. Malik Willis went six for 11, 107 yards, one rushing touchdown. Uh, Kenny Pickett was thirteen of 15, 95 yards, two touchdowns, and three carries for sixteen yards. He did get sacked twice, but led the team on the game winning drive. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I thought looked fantastic. He probably looked the best of them, to be honest. I, I gotta tell you, Al, Sam Howell, yeah, people were talking looked about him too. very good too. Yeah. Nine of 16, 145 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Looked like he kind of had like a Cam Newton thing where you know he he was able to explode out of the pocket, and once he started running downfield, he did not want to get in his way. He's a big boy. Well, it's it's this is the time of year where you you know he's gonna have limited opportunities and he's got to make those flashes and I think he kind of saw something similar with like like Taylor Heineke a couple of years ago when he got that chance to start in the playoffs that dude put you know he put his body on the line oh yeah I don't, I don't think it's to the same extent but you know the same kind of mentality probably um, Desmond Ritter this one we'll probably dive into a little bit more later on um, but this one I feel like probably was because of the defense he was going against. Uh, 10 of 22, 103 yards, two touchdowns, but six carries for 59 yards on the ground. Any picks or no? No picks out of the out of the five quarterbacks, five rookie quarterbacks that played. Well, the five like main rookie quarterbacks that played. Nobody threw a pick. Um, the only other one that we haven't talked about, and I'm not probably good, not going to say that this guy's going to be anything, Matt Coral, Matt Corral, Matt yeah. Corral. Yeah, he definitely of the Carolina guys had the worst, uh, worst day. One of nine for eleven yards. Yeah, so that is pretty freaking tough. But um, I gotta say, I thought Pickett, Howell, and Ritter all looked so much better than we were expecting them to look. Great. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Uh. So, what, what's another headline? 
that you got? Um, well, I, uh, I, we're, it's all QB talk right now, but I mean, to be honest, that's definitely one of the biggest preseason. Uh, oh, yeah, headline everybody's looking things. at quarterbacks right now, so I'm just gonna keep it there. Um, the Deshaun Watson trade is a disaster. Oh, <laughs> is, is my oh headline. man, there um, are some clips coming out of this guy, yeah. Well, um, you can go look at the look up the clips of the Jaguars crowd yourself, what they were yelling at him while yep. they were at the game. I'm not gonna repeat that in the podcast, but um, <laughs> let's just say he was not warmly welcomed in that no. game. No, he um, was not. He looked awful. He did. The clips coming out of their training camp do not look good. I was I was shocked how inaccurate the throws were. Yeah, like, it's really it's concerning. It, it's well, you know, this is overreaction Monday or whatever the fuck it is. But like, yeah, uh, it's you know, I'm sure it's a lot of it is just that he hasn't played an NFL game in a oh, year and some change. Yeah. But Absolutely. I'm, I'm you, you would be. Crazy to not think that part of it is also this his psyche right now because of the be. situation that he has put himself in and being. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get angry fans chirping at him for all of this year, and who knows how much longer. Yeah, and uh, I totally agree. Um, the The year long suspension is still looming. He did come back. I it almost seems like he buckled to the NFL a little bit and said that he would do eight games. I don't think which... it's buckling. I think, I think, I think we kind of talked about it um, when he got the ruling that a lot of this, like a lot of the uh, damage control and everything is all premeditated. I think it's a premeditated move to be like, well, I'll take eight games. Yeah. You know I mean like that, that's not him buckling. That's him being strategic, I think, or his camp being strategic. Yeah. Because they know they're probably going to get a year. Yeah. Right. So they try to cut their losses and, Say we'll 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 tack two more games onto it. Which when they make the final ruling, we'll 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 get more back into the legal, yeah, you know, bonanza that is this mm-hmm. whole situation. But no, nah, just just yeah, his his initial uh, starting time for the Browns. Um, woof. Yeah, I'd, I'd be concerned. I would be too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got one for you. That's non quarterback related. That's good. Um, I'm already sick of seeing George Pick in highlights. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, I've seen his name a hundred times now. This is this is like this is how a guy, by the way, in fantasy beco- doesn't become a sleep like becomes a non sleeper. Oh yeah, because now I'm sure he'll be going like round like 10, 11. I would say even earlier than that. Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. I mean with, with who knows who's throwing to him too. I mean, yeah, that's all part of it. But but I mean uh, he had a he had a good game, three catches for forty three yards and a got to give him props where it's due. Touchdown catch was great. Touchdown catch. Yeah, that was really good. Insane toe tap. But, I mean, my God. Every other NFL tweet is about George Pickens at this point. Like, it's it's ludicrous. Like, he's a rookie. It's great, but... Get ready all year to hear about how Pittsburgh knows how to pick him. <laughs> oh, God. Like, shit like that. That like, is atrocious. How did he go to the whatever pick? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's... that's. Were you, like, making a pun, though? No, but that it works pretty well as well. That does. So I'm Pittsburgh gonna, I'm knows gonna how pretend, to pickens. <laughs> I'm going to pretend that that was intentional. Yeah. I need coffee. Um, okay. But it's it's going to be exciting to see like once he uh, once they're in regular season, they have their starting quarterback who is going to actually still give a shit if uh, if he's not performing like how he has been in training camp and in this past preseason game. <gasps> 
You got anything else? I have one more. Uh, no, I'm I'm good. You you do your last one, and then we'll get into our uh, into our main topic today. Um, <laughs> I might have been wrong about Trey Lance. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I you know what? I'm really glad you brought that up because I uh, yeah, I definitely wanted to dive into that. A he little bit. he looked pretty freaking good. Yeah, in the preseason five for game. six in a score, right? Four for five, ninety-two for five. yards, okay. and uh, an absolute rope to uh, his wide receiver, who wasn't even a big name wide receiver. Uh, but I mean, he threw an absolute dime uh, that went for a majority of his yards and the score. Yes. You know, speaking of things, I'm already sick of. I'm already sick of every time that he does make a, a, a nice highlight play that there's a big like piece of text either on the screen or in the caption that says Trey area. I'm so sick <laughs> Trey area. I'm so sick of it already. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, it's clever. I mean, I get it, but like, yeah. I, I just, it's like, yeah, when it gets shoved down your throat in the preseason and all of last year when he made a couple plays, I'm already yeah. exhausted of it. He hasn't even been a real starter. So, but no, he looked really good actually, and uh, I, I don't think it quells an overreaction. You know, recap fashion, maybe does uh, quiet all the people down who are concerned. Oh but, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it does. It definitely uh, it, it leans in his favor. It doesn't. Uh-huh. It, uh, I don't think it should just be like, oh well, he's sad. Oh yeah, no. I mean a good absolutely. preseason game is is definitely a, a thumbs up and a step in the right direction. But it is the preseason, and we you know we'll see what happens when he plays a full four quarter game. Yep. Um, but yeah, definitely. If you're a Niners fan, definitely probably feeling pretty good after that game. Oh yeah, and if you're a Packers fan, you're definitely starting to get a little worried about Jordan Love. Three interceptions. I mean, we knew he stunk. Yeah. I mean, that's, so that's that's been on this podcast for a bit now. Yep. Um, I don't know why they're worried because by the time he, I think with Rogers' new deal, by the time that he's done, I think Love will be out the door probably. Probably they got no trade capital for him. I guess at this point would be a concern, but he did have a nice definitely not getting a first round pick. He had a nice touchdown throw, but the three interceptions was that was concerning. Yep, one hundred percent. But yeah, I uh, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely on the wrong side of the Trey Lance takes at the moment, but who knows. Um, all right, what do you say we predict how this season is going to end? You probably could have teed that up as a little bit more of like, well, let's see how Trey Lance does this let's year. Let's see how it pans out with Trey Lance this year. Okay, so, Al, uh, I went through our last four shows and figured out everybody's records. Um, that's the most work you've ever put on this podcast. 100%. It's, uh, it took me definitely quite uh, a bit of time. Just kidding. It didn't take me that long, but, um, let's go ahead. Let's run through the seedings of how everything played out. Um, in my AFC playoff bracket, Buffalo takes home the first seed. KC is coming in at second, uh, Cincinnati at third, Tennessee at fourth, and then my wild cards are Denver, Baltimore, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Seems pretty, pretty reasonable. Seems yeah. pretty reasonable. Um, going through this, I realized that um, I had six teams at ten and seven. Is had, that kind of? I mean, the conference is just that way right now. I don't know. I feel like I gave out just. <laughs> Way too many wins. <laughs> well, the, the AFC and the NFC has a lot of bottom feeder teams. So, 
I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I did not get enough bottom feeder teams. Like the AFC West, like dominant division. I don't think the worst team in there is going to go ten and seven. Now that I'm looking at this, well, so who knows? Um, but your AFC seeding, you uh, had the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the playoffs run through Baltimore, and then you had KC, uh, Indianapolis at the third seed, New England at the fourth seed. Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Denver taking up the wild cards. Well, definitely gave New England a little too many flowers, as uh, as uh, we t- we've talked I mean, about. But divisional winners, four seed. I, I don't think that's too crazy. Well, they overreaction in the preseason. They didn't look super great against the Giants. They got Fathead calling the plays. Yeah, so. I was going to say your biggest uphill <clears throat> battle with that is Matt Patricia. Yeah, for sure. Um, in the NF- NFC. I had Green Bay taking home the first seed, um, <laughs> San Francisco taking the second seed, um, third seed was Philadelphia, and my fourth seed was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, my wild cards were Los Angeles Rams, Minnesota Vikings, and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, nothing too crazy there either. I think I think the craziest thing is Tampa Bay getting the fourth seed and Philadelphia getting the third seed. It is a little crazy, but um, I, I think uh, Philly's got a much easier division. And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, Tampa, Tampa. well, I guess the South isn't that bad either. I don't know. I think uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a little hot take, but I don't think it's like, you know, earth-shattering crazy, I'm thinking. No, um, we actually had roughly the same seeding. Um, your AFC West winner was the first seed, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, sorry, NFC West. Oh, I'm sorry, yes, NFC West. Thank you. Um, second seed was the Minnesota Vikings, which that one is definitely, that's a leap. That's, that's a, leap. a bit of a shocker. Um, third seed was the Washington, Washington commanders. <laughs> that's an even bigger one. That's crazy. Um, but I had the NFC East winner at the third seed as well. Um, four seed, we lined up perfectly Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, your wild cards were green Bay, Philadelphia, and Arizona. Um, which I feel like that's completely reasonable too. So what are you guys doing tonight? I'm up for whatever. Um, the second and third seeds are definitely standing out. Uh, yeah. Well, my logic on Washington, at least, was that they they have hypothetically the best quarterback they've had since Alex Smith, healthy, yeah, Kirk Cousins era. Um, and you know if he plays as good as he played last year statistically uh that defensive line is a force to be reckoned with the division stinks i'm hearing some really concerning things about antonio gibson though uh apparently he's like been awful at camp and he's literally running with the special teams right now like it's not it sounds very bad for antonio gibson in camp i bet um you got scary terry i don't know i just and it Riverboat Ron. I, I, there's a lot of things I like about the team. There's a lot of chaos too. That's just the NFC East. So like, yep. it, it felt no one ever consistently wins that thing back to back. They haven't been up, you know, to win it in a while. Philly's probably the the safer bet, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. By the time we were recording our initial predictions, I thought Washington felt like a like a spicy but logical maybe division winner three is kind of crazy high in the seedings. I maybe swap Tampa and them, but you know, um, yeah, your, before we get into the playoffs, um, your team that would be taking home the first overall pick would be the Houston Texans, which you had predicting, uh, at one and 16, uh, mine would be either, 
uh, the Atlanta Falcons at three and fourteen, or the Pittsburgh Steelers at three and fourteen. Yeah, I don't think the Steelers take is gonna. No, gonna I don't happen. think that's gonna. I don't think. I don't think happen. Atlanta will either. To be honest, I, I like, they, they might be able to turn out a little bit more. They were okay. Months. They were better than expected with Arthur Smith last year, and uh, it's another year in that system. And I know the quarterback play is probably going to be a downgrade, but I don't know. I don't know if they're the number one team. I think Houston absolutely could be, and I think I think Seattle and the Giants are probably taking an uptick in that direction about now, but. Yep. Anyways, so um, in the wild card rounds with the AFC, I got to say I picked up um, some very juicy matchups in this first round. Casey uh, at home against the Los Angeles Chargers, which would be electric. Um, I had See, was that was that a pun? Is that intended <laughs> pun? We both are. What is a pun? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, I <laughs> that would be a great game. I would have Kansas City winning that. Um, bit chillier at uh, Arrowhead Stadium in January. Uh, I think that the home crowd would definitely play a role there. Um, and then I had Cincinnati versus Baltimore, which would also be an electric playoff game. Yeah, two yep. divisional matchups. Uh, I'm drinking your Kool Aid and saying that Baltimore would win that. And then I had Tennessee playing Denver. That is where the Tennessee you know, cloudiness starts to run into. Is Derrick Henry healthy? Will Tannehill be clutch? Are the Titans actually going to win some playoff games? Exactly. So I had Denver winning that as well. So two of my three wildcard teams end up winning wildcard weekend. All right. All right. Well, my AFC wildcard round is, uh, is the Kansas city chiefs versus the Denver Broncos. Um, and I have KC advancing in that game. Um, you know, I, I don't know how Denver is going to pan out this year, to be honest. I think it's weird because they're like, I know when they trade for Russell Wilson, it seemed like it was a complete facelift for the team. But I feel like almost in recent weeks, we kind of like stepped back on them a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy mm-hmm. here, but I don't think <clears throat> I don't think that they're uh, that they're up to KC's level, like competitively in the playoffs. I think that they'll definitely make it. And I think that they're going to have a nice year compared to the last couple because of Russ and the roster in general. But I think KC is like kind of an under-fringe tour, so I see them bouncing Denver in the first round. Okay. Plus, it's at KC. Yep. Um, then the next one I have is the Colts versus the Bills, which that's pretty spicy. That actually. is a spicy one. And that's been a matchup that's been featured in the wild card, uh, I think, maybe two two years ago. Two years ago. And it was a great game. Yeah, and uh, I think Matt Ryan really trying to, trying to make that last run. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. how far they'll get, but... Uh, I do have them getting bounced by Buffalo in that game. I think Buffalo is okay. a little bit of a team of destiny right now. Yeah. Um, and then the last wild card matchup is the Patriots versus the Bengals uh, at Foxborough at New England. Um, That's a good one too. It is, but uh, I have Cincinnati doing what they do and coming in and taking care of business and shocking people and getting the W. So all right, that's uh, those are my wild card uh, AFC games. All right, then uh, let's go through the NFC real quick. Um, my first matchup would be San Francisco versus Dallas. Um, we saw that in this past playoff um, run, but uh, Dallas in the playoffs just it doesn't equate to wins. So I'm going to go ahead and say that San Francisco wins that, especially they're in their home stadium. That place gets rowdy in the playoffs. Those fans show out. Um, Trey area. Trey area. 
So I'm going to say that San Francisco wins that. What a what a huge um, like first year of starting in the in the league for him. Really, if he not only got his team to the playoffs with with a pretty good seed, a home playoff game, and getting a win I would mean, be huge. That's pretty. I mean, that's the expectation level. Though they're a super one hundred expectation team. So yep. Doesn't matter if it's his first year or not. Uh, Philadelphia versus the Minnesota Vikings. I had this one in a little bit of an upset. I don't know with Philadelphia and the playoffs. It just doesn't seem very good. Uh, I'm pretty high up on the Vikings this year. Um, So I think Minnesota would go into Philadelphia and uh, take that W and get a little revenge for that NFC Conference Championship a couple of years ago. Well, we'll, I'll... Yeah, we'll get into it more, but um, I definitely have Minnesota as a heavy presence in this playoffs, and yeah. also um, in the in the early awards too. A little bit of a teaser there. So. Absolutely, um, Tampa Bay versus L.A. Rams, uh, closing it out. I think Tom Brady is going to get his revenge in this game, which uh, mm. definitely pains me to say. Wow. Um, so I have uh, Tampa Bay winning that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I think Tampa Bay is going to put together a better game plan. Uh, I think they like it's going to be. You're t- not buying that the Brady is uh, is checked out. No, 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 no. It's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady in the playoffs, which is what people have to remember. Like this guy took a wild card uh, a couple years ago and went through three different cities, and they just diced up every team that they faced, and then went on to shit all over the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So. Got to remember that. That was a dominant game, too. Man, what a yeah. game. Um, so that's my NFC wild card. Uh, mine, a little different. A lot of the same uh, same components. Um, okay. Uh, first round NFC wild card. I have the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. At home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our stance on the Cardinals right now is is pretty solid i don't think that we think that i mean at least i don't i think you don't either but i don't think that they're gonna advance past the wild card no i think that this is what they do i don't even have them making the playoffs this is what they do every year they since kingsbury they squeak in they look great in portion of the season then it all crumbles i think it's going to continue i think the vikings are primed to prime to do something this year I, i like them a lot yep uh the second matchup i have here is the green bay packers and the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Tampa Bay. Uh, again, same thing. I, I think recency has bias maybe shows us that the Packers, uh, I think they're just going to go a little step back. I don't think that they're going to make the NFC Championship like they have a couple years ago. You know, last year they took a step back. Yep. Wild card they don't exit. have Devontae Adams. Yep. Brady's on his, on his last run, it seems. So I have the yep. Packers getting bounced. Mm-hmm. And... To close it out in the wild card round, I have a NFC uh, East division showdown with the Washington football team. Oh my God, the Washington Commanders, yep. hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, as as much as I've been trying to tee up the Commanders in our previous segments and pitching them as a division winner, oh wow, I do have Philly coming in. Oh wow, upsetting. And because it's the NFC East, I mean, yeah, who's going to predict that? Yeah, so absolutely, I have Philly coming in and uh, pulling the upset and advancing. All right, um, so let's move on to the divisional rounds. I had uh, the Buffalo Bills going up against the Baltimore Ravens. 
Um, I think that this would be an incredibly difficult matchup for the Baltimore Ravens to win. Buffalo gets the extra week of rest. They're playing at their home stadium. It's probably going to be super cold at that point. Um, so I think Buffalo ends up taking that. Uh, and then I have Kansas City Chiefs playing home against the Denver Broncos. This is going to be the third time Kansas City Chiefs see the Broncos. I think they'll probably split the regular season matchups. But at this point, Andy Reid knows how to defeat this team. They get the win at home. They move on to the AFC Conference Championship. Yeah, I would agree with that because I think even if, you know, my situation, that was the first round matchup was the Chiefs-Broncos. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think – I don't think Russ's first year, he's – Passing Patrick Mahomes and Andy yeah, Reid, I, totally I think agree. they're going to be on a war path in the playoffs. So. Yeah. Um, well, my first or second round of the AFC playoffs, mm-hmm. um, same matchup. Uh, I have the Buffalo Bills versus the Baltimore Ravens, but swap the home field advantage, home field advantage, and week off. Yep. Um, so Baltimore is coming at the number one seed. I have them advancing. I have them beating Buffalo. Yeah. Um, I guess you can call out a step back for Buffalo or a expected place to finish the season in, it would in be all reality. A parallel to last season. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, you, you know, you can go back to our, our AFC North show and here we get on my soapbox about the Ravens, but um, I think they have everything they need to make a deep run. And really it just depends on Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Can he get over, his ghosts in the playoffs. Buffalo is going to be a very, very tough first game. Yep. Um, but uh, Buffalo coming off of Indy, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're a little battered. Maybe it's a little tough for them to come into Baltimore and and pull out another win. I mean, this would be their second road game in the playoffs. Yep. So Not um, easy. I got Baltimore advancing. Okay. And then my second matchup here is the Bengals versus the Chiefs um, oh. at Kansas City at Arrowhead. Rematch of the AFC Championship. And I have KC getting one up on the Bengals this time. Getting by them. Um, All right. I think last year they're gonna they're gonna remember last year very well. And I think they're not gonna let that happen Revenge again. Tour. So yeah, right. war path for the Chiefs. They're gonna advance to the AFC championship. All right, I like that. Uh in the NFC divisional round, we got uh the Green Bay Packers going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, which would be a fantastic matchup to see. And then we have... Even for our, our souls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Watching our two better rivals going against each other. Uh, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into Candlestark... Uh, Candlestark. Candlestick Park. <laughs> that, that's the name of their stadium, right? Or is it Levi? No! <laughs> It has been Candlestick Park in a long time. It's been Levi for a couple of years. Okay. Um, going up against the San Francisco 49ers. This one, this one comes down to experience. It comes down to the fact that Tom Brady and the San Francisco 49ers have a history. Uh, Tampa Bay wins this game, and I'm going to say that they win it easily. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Trey Lance, uh, experience year one, I don't think you can really go much further than that. No, I mean, let's be real here, especially going against Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think uh, I'm on your side of that one. I also realized I skipped right over who's going to win green Bay versus Minnesota. Um, God, you know, 
I have something written down, but I'm really questioning it right now. Say it, baby. Minnesota going into Lambeau. Let's hear it. In January to face uh, arrested Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Come on. Minnesota wins it. I don't know. I don't know how they win that game, but somehow Minnesota wins it. It's it's weird saying that, and I really feel like I'm wrong saying that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns. Minnesota probably I think they could be a team of destiny this year. Honestly, they 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 have they kind of have those vibes, and yep. it's kind of like I said they they kind of have to this year. Yep, because the defense is is up there. Uh, I think Adam Thielen is also kind of up there, and Kirk Cousins, I don't know what the contract situation is exactly, but this whole era of Vikings football, like this is this is pretty much your last ride. Yes. This and maybe next year. Yep. But yeah. So Minnesota and Tim Bay, they both advance to the NFC conference championship. Also for the Packers, you can't take away your star player. You can't just keep chipping away this roster. Rogers getting another year older. You just can't expect this to like yeah, pan keep out. humming. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm probably wrong on that. I probably am, but it's not going to age well. But all right, your NFC divisional round. I have the uh, the Bucks versus the Vikings in the divisional round, which is pretty spicy. Um, I like that game. Yeah. I, I do. I do have the Vikings. It's a home game for them. I do have them okay. winning, and I think this is going to be. I think this has a potential to be a a like image changing season Kirk for Cousins them. legacy game. Maybe. I mean, cause the dude, like he's, he's, he's been having the narrative follow him around that he's not clutch. And I was going to say, you know, I uh, think that's, pr- that's pretty true so far in but. this season. We're saying that the narrative about Kirk Cousins changes completely because this guy's going to be in a lot of primetime games, especially in the playoffs. So who knows? Well, we, he's got the best receiver in the NFL. Arguably, he's got one of the yep. best running backs in the NFL. He's got a head coach who is definitely going to cater more to his skill set than Mike Zimmer did. Yep. He's in a weak division. Yep. And I, I think this is just, it's one of those years where there is potential there to change the narrative about who he's been, who this team has been. Also, this defense is getting up there too. So they need to, they need to, they need to go punch now. their ticket now if they're going to yep. do it. Um, Tampa, I, I think this would be a really close game. I don't think this would be a blowout game by any means. Yeah, absolutely. I just had the Vikings squeaking this one out um, mm-hmm. in advancing. So, spicy game. I like that one a lot. That's probably my favorite of this series so far. Okay. Um, and then I have the uh, the LA Rams hosting the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. And sorry, Eagles fans. I mean, uh, getting the playoff win is, is nice, and that's a, another step. And I think Jalen Hurts uh, will look good, and I think you'll – You'll feel good about the direction of this team. Um, that's some nice progress for the first two years of Sirianni and, and Hurts starter. But I, I got L.A. going back. Um, they're going to go back to the NFC Championship game. And I, there's just no reason that they're not going to prime to repeat. Yeah. The NFC is, uh, is the weaker conference right now. And absolutely, this roster is the same, if not a little better. And it's just another year of McVay and Stafford. This defense is going to look great. Yeah, I just have them beating up Philly, who's just not not quite there yet. 
it's it's tough when you're going against you know basically all like first team defense uh you know Bobby Wagner uh Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey like they got yeah one of the best players at their position at all three levels of that defense uh AFC conference championship uh I got the rematch that we just all need um the rematch that we all want Buffalo playing at home this time. It's not in Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, that place would be so loud if that was if that was actually. What's this happen. is the year that they do it. This okay. is the year. Kansas okay. City, they're losing pieces left and right. Patrick Mahomes uh, going into Buffalo in January uh, is going to be a tough game. I think they would have to rely on their run game a little bit more, um, which who knows how that's going to look this season. But Buffalo's defense. Uh, is going to shut them down, and Buffalo's offense is going to do what they do. Josh Allen's going to ball. So Buffalo gets over that hump finally. I feel like a lot of people in the NFL world are rooting for this at this point. Um, So, yeah, Buffalo advances to the Super Bowl. I love it. I think that's definitely a a – expectation right now for them expectation good storyline too great storyline yeah great matchup um at at buffalo yeah i'm all about that that'd be a great game love to see it um i also have kc uh in the afc oh my god championship round except i have them going against the baltimore ravens Mm -hmm. um who i know on this podcast i'm sounding a lot more like the minnesota vikings are my team of destiny but I really do think the Baltimore Ravens are my team of destiny this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Lamar's biggest hurdle. He's got to come over in the playoffs, uh, yep. getting over beating Patrick Mahomes deep in the playoffs. He's already gotten over the hump with one win. Uh, I think he's going to do it again. I think he's going to get over his other thing he needs to move past to really solidify himself as a superstar quarterback that's going to make a deal breaking or market breaking deal. Mm-hmm. Next offseason, I don't know if it's with the Ravens or what. We can get all that stuff later. But I have them beating the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think it's going to be a blowout game either. I think a lot of these games at this point are definitely a coin flip. And they just have home field advantage. And, you know, if let's say hypothetically this is Lamar's last ride with them. I don't think it's going to happen. But I think they're going to go all out here. Chips are on the table. And, uh, yeah, they advance. All right. All right. I I have a just had I like something internally does not allow me to buy that. Um, but anything is possible. Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl last year. So um in the NFC, I have the extremely bizarro matchup of Tampa Bay playing host to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, this is where the train comes to an end for the Minnesota Vikings. Tampa Bay wins this. Um home field advantage you have brady on the last ride um we all need brady versus allen in the super bowl we got mahomes versus brady we need brady versus allen um so tampa bay wins this one i don't think this one is close you know what dude for me like i I know it's brady's last ride but like i don't i don't need him to be in the super bowl again i don't know like we don't need it but is it gonna happen I'm all about it, him making a little chaos in the playoffs, um, but I definitely, to be honest, would be just fine without him making the Super Bowl. Yeah. I um, think everybody would, but again, this is Tom Brady we're talking about. Last year was an anomaly. Um, 
he like just he he finds a way to pull his team up by the bootstraps in the playoffs and put shit together. Like they people like want to write off last season for him. They lost off of a Hail Mary <clears throat> excuse me, Hail Mary like moonshot from Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup, which was a fantastic play, but they fought, they clawed their way back into that game. Well, I mean, I you know, like they they never go out like a bitch. I said it a couple months ago, but yeah, these games at this point are kind of a coin flip, and that's exactly what that one you just referred to is. I mean, the, yeah. the Matthew Stafford Cooper Cup Hail Mary. I mean, yeah, it, it comes down to that level of. I mean, that 49ers Rams game. Yeah, like yeah, lots of lots of coin flip games. Lots of coin flips. Absolutely. Um, my NFC Championship round also features the Vikings, but I have them going up against the Rams. Uh, and the Rams are the number one seed. This is the number one seed versus the number two seed. Actually, both my championship rounds were that, funny enough. Um, <laughs> but I have the Rams uh, advancing. Um, I also have the Vikings. Uh, really great season. Really positive season for them ending here. I just don't think that they're going to eclipse the Rams. The Rams are, like I've been saying, primed to repeat. It's my exact opposite uh, feeling on them last year. I was like, when are the wheels going to fall off? But <laughs> um, this year, I'm just I'm putting that Matthew Stafford angst aside, and I'm just going to uh, think with my noggin, and I think that they are primed to repeat, so I had them advancing. Vikings, great stuff this year. You're heading in the right direction. Could be could be dangerous next couple of years with you know Kevin O'Connell, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, but the magical season ends here. You also got uh, mentor versus mentee in that oh, game. Oh yeah, that's a big storyline too. McVeigh yeah. versus O'Connell. Um, all right, so your Super Bowl matchup would be the LA Rams versus the Baltimore Ravens. Yep, the number one seeds from each conference. Uh, mine would end up being the Buffalo Bills going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Tampa Bay being the fourth seed, uh, Buffalo being the first seed coming out of the AFC. Um, I think Buffalo would win this game. Um, I just don't think Tampa Bay has the juice to keep up with them. I, I want to agree with you, but I think you're... It uh, goes against everything I just said about how Tampa Bay would go through the NFC well, that, playoffs. That, but, but also the fact that the, the Bills have a hefty uh, playoff curse history, Super Bowl absolutely. curse history hanging over them. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a lot to just, I don't know, check the box and say, I don't think they can keep up. I mean, I don't I, know. I think this is the year. I think it is. Your Super Bowl prediction now. Uh Rams Ravens. And what a great matchup that would be. Yeah, this this game it, this is a tough one to to pick because I have the Baltimore Ravens uh, coming pretty far and Lamar Jackson overcoming a lot of hurdles that he has yet to in his career. Again, a lot of it's riding on that contract situation, honestly. Um and the Ravens defense on paper is stellar. That's going to also be a huge factor as to how they've gotten this far. Um, but the Rams kind of have a lot of the same pieces. They have an elite defense in the mm-hmm. NFC, probably the best defense in the NFC. They have a very good quarterback. They have better receivers, um, probably a better running game too. I guess if you're not factoring Lamar's running ability, just their pure running back matchup. Rams might have the better roster in this situation. Um, yep. I have the Baltimore Ravens winning Super Bowl. I don't have the Rams repeating. Um, 
I, this is a, such a hard game to call. I don't know. It's so hard for teams to go back and do a back-to-back. It has happened last so few team, times in history. Last team to do it was New England in the early 2000s. The Rams have the ammo to do it. I think they very well could win this game again. Um, but asking me gut feeling right now, Ravens are your Super Bowl champions. All right. All right. So Al has the Baltimore Ravens winning the league. I have the Buffalo Bills winning the league. AFC. Got to be. I mean, they they by far are the better conference this year. 100%. So. 100%. Um, all right. So let's go ahead. Let's run through uh, some predictions on uh, our awards. Um, so MVP, this probably doesn't come as a shock, but I think Josh Allen is primed for a sensational year. I think this is the year that the Buffalo puts it all together. I think they're going to be extremely dominant in the regular season. I think he's going to have, uh, you know, damn near 50 total touchdowns, probably, you know, 40 through the air. He's probably going to run about 10 in. Um, I think that they're just going to be untouchable this year. Uh, that that would have been a really good person to put for MVP. I, I maybe should have put him now that I'm thinking about it, but kind of in a similar camp. Um, I have uh, I have Joe Burrow, Ooh, I like MVP. That. I, I think, like that. I think he's going to take another step. And I don't really talk about the Bengals too much in this in this playoff bracket, but getting another playoff win is pretty impressive. And it'll be year three in the league for him. I think he's going to have great stats. I think he's going to have now an has an rapport. offensive line too. Yeah, better O line. Um, I think he's going to have an even better rapport with Jamar Chase and his other receivers. So um, when you think of MVP, you think of the guys who are just like carrying their franchise and like like top of the league like josh allen's that level for sure Mm -hmm. i i think i think burrow will take a step into that level of player i think so too 100 i love that pick um coach of the year uh i I think this is the only one we'll have the same person. yeah i think think. we do have the same person um i feel like in your scenario it's probably a little bit more realistic my scenario is a wild card uh entry but I don't know if it, they don't vote on this throughout the playoffs, right? Like it's a regular season thing. Um, so that's why I think it might not be possible, but I have Kevin O'Connell winning it. The Minnesota Vikings head coach. I think he comes in and he gets that team to the point where they're reaching their full potential, which uh, unfortunately for Mike Zimmer, he just was never able to do except for that one year where they had case case Keenum absolutely pop off. Yeah. Um, so I think Kevin O'Connell getting the most out of the Vikings in his first year would grant him that award. Yep, I agree with everything you just said 100%. I also have Kevin O'Connell, Coach of the Year. I think he'll have a – if everything goes right, he'll have a like a Kyle Shanahan-level impact where he's like – he comes into a team that's like got a pretty good roster and yeah. he puts the pieces together and makes it work. Yep. And that's kind of what Kyle Shanahan's done for the Niners. And he's brought a lot of his own, uh, you know, magic to that team. I just think the longer he's there, you'll see the same thing. But um, yeah. And I think Coach of the Year, too, is something where I think first time head coaches who come in and make a big splash like that, that's yeah. a way up. You're, you're definitely going to get that year one. There's not a lot of teams that have that opportunity right now. So yeah, totally agree. We don't have our boy Dan Campbell. No, no. Unfortunately, I just I don't think it's realistic. You can't give a seven win team no. coach of the year. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of where we both think that they're they're going to finish. So yeah, you can't do that. But if if we take a step in the right direction this year and then have a good off season, I think he will be primed for that. Dude, can uh, you can you season. imagine if he ever wins coach of the year, his coach of the year speech? 
oh, how fucking amazing that would be. That would be, be fantastic. Um, my rookie of the year, this one was really tough because usually there's a clear cut pick. So is there an offensive of the rookie and defensive rookie? There is. Okay. Um, but I was just like, you know what? Let's just focus on who do we think what rookie will have the most impact. Oh, I did. I did both. You did both. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll come up with the offensive rookie on the spot. Um, but my defensive rookie of the year was Hutch. I think he, especially after this first preseason game, I feel like the talent is there. Uh, I mean, he had a sensational first game. Um, I'm really excited to see where he goes. I think he can make, he's one of those players that can show up on this team and make a massive impact right out the gate. So I think he's going to be in the limelight all year. He's already one of the prime candidates to get the award. So yeah, yeah, I, I could I could see that happening. Um, my defensive rookie of the year is not Hutch. Um, I have it as Jordan Davis on the Eagles. Oh, that's a good pick. Uh, he's coming into a team that's already got a pretty solid defense, and yeah, go, just go watch his highlights from the first preseason I mean, game. The dude is a is a mauler. He is a problem. It looks like teams. he takes up three spots on the defensive line. Yeah, I'm pretty He's sure they had him like double covered massive. already. So yeah. it's it's already a problem. Um, I, th- I think he's going to be a problem. So I got yeah. him winning defensive rookie of the year, which would be funny because I would be back-to-back NFC East uh, winners of that award with Micah and then him. Oh yeah, that's right, Micah. Yep. Um, offensive rookie of the year. This was hard to pick actually because yeah, yeah. usually like you have a quarterback locked in for this. Right, but uh, I, it, I do. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna ride the hype train. I'm gonna say George Pickens. <laughs> George Pickens. Oh Jesus! Well, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good pick too. Um, I uh, same team. Uh, I have Kenny Pickett. Okay. Um, okay. I I think he'll. Uh, I think he will come in. I th- I think. Like, I think it's very possible now. I think it's possible after seeing what we saw in the first preseason game and probably more of the preseason. Uh, we'll get into our line segment, I guess, but they're already kind of kicking the tires on trading away Mason Rudolph. Yep. Um, so I think he's already moved up to QB2 in the depth chart. Absolutely. And it's going to be pretty hard for Mitch Trubisky to hold on to that job while you know he's he's back there. Um, I will say this. All three of those quarterbacks played really well in that preseason game. Mason Rudolph had a very similar stats to Kenny Pickett. Uh, and Trubisky came in, went like four or seven for you know seventy five yards and a touchdown. So the thing with Kenny Pickett is offensive rookie of the year, though. Um, I think he's the only QB who's going to get a chance. Get a chance at it, and like you said, it's kind of a, a QB award, really. I mean, it really is. Yeah, and unless, the, but George Pickens is a good pick because he because he could have a day one impact and be like a. A really Very nice player, so yeah. I almost like that one more. But um, I'm going with the quarterback. Kenny Pickett's the only one I see in this bunch who's going to get a lot of playtime this year. Yeah. So, all right. Um, finally, comeback player of the year. This is another one where I was kind of like, uh, who got injured last year? This one was easy for me. I didn't even think about it. Oh wow! All right, who you got? I got CMC. McCaffrey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's who I have too. Yeah. I feel like he's always the safest bet. Um, because like, if he he plays one full healthy season, he'll be he'll be yeah a stat monster. Very so true. very true. The okay. kind of player who could carry the Panthers, who we didn't even have getting the playoffs, but you know. yeah. But I feel like we're probably over on their expectations. 
this year. Yeah, we were kind of yeah, we we're kind of. I think you had them at like nine wins show. or eight wins. I have them right around there too. So, uh, all right, let's go ahead. Let's jump into the lion segment. Let's go. All right, uh, Al, what'd you think of the second episode of Hard Knocks? Even better than the first one. I would agree. It was very good. This this week, we got a lot more of a deep dive into uh, the players. Uh, we got profiles on Amon Ra, which was really cool to see. Um, we got uh, profiles on Swift and uh, a little bit of the offensive line with Rag now. Um, you know, it was just, it was a good episode. Yeah, uh, I, I thought uh, I thought Amon Ross' dad was kind of a psycho, but he is um, absolutely. It was a, it's a, a psycho in a good way, debatable. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was I thought it was an even better episode. I did like getting more of the player insights. I, I like the unique coach angle from the first one, but yeah, I mean that was definitely different. I, I did want to see more of the roster and we definitely got that um Mm -hmm. i gotta say my favorite stuff of the episode um was definitely the deuce daily and swift stuff for sure yeah like good relationship right there well like he was on his ass like and but it was like the kind of stuff where he's like if you do the things that you know i'm trying to preach here Mm -hmm. you could be the best running back in the league yeah and it kind of was like shocking to me that they have that much faith in him like oh yeah i i like swift and i i feel like maybe on this show i've been kind of um i don't know like cautious about him i guess like right. cautiously excited about swift uh yeah, he has fair. he has gotten he's had injury problems both of his first two years but um i mean you see it in the preseason uh game where where deuce daly is yelling at him he's telling him to just like you know cut, cut inside, inside get up adjust field. and like yeah, it, it, it worked, worked out. Perfectly. He got touchdown, and yeah, uh, yeah he's. I, I'm excited to see you know more of them in, in year two. So that was probably my favorite stuff. Of the episode. Uh, another thing about the episode that I thought was I thought was um, very typical hard knocks for me mm-hmm. was that they are so teeing up Blau to get cut. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Oh yeah, and I think the Mason Rudolph trade rumors um, really add some fuel to that fire. Um, yep. He lost them the game. He did, one hundred percent. And the hard knocks thing is they they lean into the personal side of a guy, oh, which yeah. we all we love. We love the story oh, last no. year with his wife. Yeah, uh, they really get into that, and yep. then they tee it all up, and then he goes out and loses the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, it's just yeah, I, I've so watched a lot of seasons of the show. It's definitely pretty it's, on it's brand. Heartbreaking. Yeah. So if he doesn't get cut, I'd be surprised. But you're, I don't think you're gonna. We've been talking about this for so long. I feel like, like I know that's he, that's the craziest part. He's been on this team for a couple of years now, as and a he third hasn't string quarterback. I mean, like he he played a, a bit in one of the Patricia years when Stafford yeah. was out, but that's really it. He didn't play at all when when Boyle was playing last year, and yeah. Boyle was was questionable at best. So I think if we definitely add another QB, he's gone. He might be gone regardless. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be on this roster day one. Here's uh, you know, completely off topic from Hard Knocks Al. But let, yesterday, the news came out that the Ravens released Brett Hundley. Oh, wow. Very solid backup quarterback. Came in last year for A lot Lamar. of upside, too. A lot of upside. Looked very good. And the Lions have the second uh, waiver claim. They're second in waiver claims. I think when did they release him? Yesterday. Okay. 
So we'll find out today. Um, August only, only, only thing 17th. about him. Only thing about him is that he does not really fit the system. No, he doesn't. But at the same time, he's light years, light years ahead of the two quarterbacks we have there now. So I feel like it's going to be a talent thing where, like, hey, let's just bring him in. Let's see how he goes. Here's the thing, though. So we'll you, see. You acquire Mason Rudolph. Let's say this happens, right? That's the other trade rumor going around that the Lions are going to trade for Mason Rudolph. So let's say that that happens. Okay. Yeah. But they trade a, you know, maybe a player asset or a very low draft pick asset. They're not going to trade much for him, I don't think, if they did. I um, hope. Uh, he's, not the, he's not the kind of guy who's going to come in and rock the boat. He's going to be a guy, you, like, you pencil him at automatically QB2. I yeah. think when you get a guy like, Hunley, I think that it can like, start to raise some questions. I think I think people would chatter a little bit about, well, is this young guy with upside kind of kind of angle? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I think there's more of a he's not a system fit. There's more of a chance of him going somewhere and actually competing. Like a Seattle, that'd be perfect. That'd be great. That would be really good. Yeah. Uh, but I I think they're just gonna want somebody who can come in and be a a competent backup to Goff, and I see that more of a Mason Rudolph role than I would a Brent Hundley role. So totally agree. Um anything else from the Hard Knocks episode that really stood out? I mean the credit clips have been phenomenal. Um, see I haven't liked either one. Really? Dude, no. the kid yesterday was so funny. The offensive lineman uh coach coach's son. Hank Fraley. Yeah, Hank Fraley, thank you. Uh I thought that kid was absolutely hilarious. I thought Jamal's joke to Penne and Penne <laughs> just gives that deadpan like office look at the camera. Thought that was hilarious. Um, I loved. Uh, I'm just jumping around here. I loved. Yeah. Uh, I loved the opening, um, like old, like 70s, like Detroit, like that montage. Was cool that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the angle you have to kind of play into if you're doing a Detroit sports mm-hmm. show. I think it's very fitting yeah. vibe. Um, uh, Hutch, Hutch saying, "Get the fuck off me." <laughs> I thought that was great. I was watching that with my fiance, and she was like, "Oh, oh my god!" <laughs> I thought that was great. Oh, dude! Oh my god! You're the biggest thing. I thought you were gonna want to talk about. How about your boy linebacker number forty-four? Oh, Malcolm Rodriguez. I Rodriguez. mean, I freaking love this kid. I love him. I was, already... I was just thinking. I'm like, dude, if if he actually was decent, and Damn, like, it's looking like it. He, yeah, he had that nasty hit in the preseason yeah. game on that special teams play. Yeah. And this this coaching staff seems like they love this dude. Oh, I mean, you heard it with the the linebackers coach. He's like, I'm I'm doing everything in my power not to put him on the first string. And I like I wouldn't be surprised. Like he he the the linebacker head coach said, like uh, I can't remember who it was, but a coach that's been here for like five years or something said, I've never seen a linebacker in my time here make plays like this kid's playing. And that's true. These linebackers, actual, these linebackers have been cheeks. Absolute for dog shit a for long like a time. long time. Long time. And if we found a diamond in the rough with this kid, oh my God. I mean, you, you see the plays that he's making in training camp. It's, it's what I have been looking for for so long is a linebacker that can hit these holes and then make a play, make a good tackle, get the defense fired up. I mean, if you it, want to know what we're about, we're about cutting it. I feel like Malcolm Rodriguez fits that perfectly. I mean, he is a dog. He's got that dog in him, man. Is his training camp quote where he's like, I love training camp because I get to hit people. I mean, like that is 
what this team is about right now. Like it's all grit. I love seeing I love seeing when he was you know being put in in the spotlight in one of their team meetings and said, their one coach is just saying that he's a six round pick and he's like he's doing better than all you. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he's literally like, calling everyone out and putting yeah, this guy. Yeah, he's, in he's a not pedestal. a first rounder. He's not a second rounder. He's yeah. a rookie, and you guys are losing your job to him. Every and, time I think pan over Jared Davis, I'm like, get him. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, but man, oh man, it, couple, it's it's fantastic to see. I love that he's getting a good profile. Couple more Jeff Okuda shots that we haven't had yeah. the Leave Schreiber uh, narration with Jeff Okuda. By yet. the way, are we sure that's him narrating? Hundred percent. Okay. 100%. I, it does not sound like him to me. I don't know why. Watch the credits. He's there. Okay. He's there. Okay. Um, but yeah, we haven't had our Jeff Okuda solo feature yet. It's common. I, I know it is it has for sure. To be. It's one of the big storylines of this team. Um, but. Uh, no, I, I love the Rodrigo stuff. I thought that was probably one of the better uh, stories in the episode for sure. It was one of the more positive ones. And God damn it, yeah, we really need a good linebacker. So if he could e- even be an average linebacker, that would be a win. And, and I mean, um, <clears throat> kind of coming out of Hard Knocks a little bit. But this this past preseason game, while, you know, say what you want, the offense, the first string looked fantastic. Yeah. That was awesome to see defense there's still so much work to be done with this defense and it it comes down to the fact that we should have been able to adjust and start containing these freaking quarterbacks you know it's like one thing if Mariota goes down on one drive and and you know he slips out of the pocket a couple times Hutch was getting great pressure on the quarterback which was awesome to see but it 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 is concerning to me that like they could not figure that out all game, all game. Like we need somebody to be able to set the edges and keep them contained. And there was none of that. I mean, Desmond Ritter wins the game on a, on a broken play, but like six carries for 60 yards, like that can't happen. So, I mean, hopefully Malcolm Rodriguez can leave that a little bit. He seemed, he doesn't seem like, uh, you know, uh, contain like play coverage kind of linebacker. He seems more like a run stopper, you know, like he's going to hit yeah. the holes and he's going to hit the running back pretty well every time. So that's awesome to see, but man, oh man, that was, that was a little disheartening. That definitely brought my Kool-Aid chugging back down <laughs> to a somewhat reasonable level. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it a little positive. I, I think, uh, I think the first team offense that that was, that was really oh. encouraging to see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So and that's minus JMO. That's minus JMO. Goff would have had every pass complete if uh, Jamal Williams didn't let one bounce off his face mask. So he I, looked accurate. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that. I was, I mean, it's been a while since it's like they come on the field first drive, pencil and touchdown. I yeah. Mean, I, I don't even remember the last time I've kind of felt about that. But, yeah. And the other thing, you know, if this offensive line stays healthy, ain't nobody stopping them. Yeah, elite. Ain't nobody stopping them, man. I mean, they looked on some like once they got like right around midfield and that offensive line really started clicking. I mean, Swift was picking up seven yards minimum almost every play. And with Deuce Daly doing his coaching thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's all I really got about hard knocks. Um I am excited for episode three. I think we're doing five, right? Five episodes, four I episodes. Think so. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, definitely 
giving a lot of insight to the team and personality to some guys that didn't really know who were there. So mm-hmm. that's been good. But uh, yeah, br- real brief preseason uh, recap. I mean, they lost. It was very SOL fashion too. Yeah, um, yeah. But they didn't bring that up yet at Hard Knocks, the embracing of SOL, which is funny. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. We kind of Hard Knocks kind of did our jobs for us, and we kind of just were able to watch that. And it's like a pretty condensed version of the game. It really was, yeah. Um, not out a lot of good stuff. Not a whole lot to take away. I think that yeah, the defense needs a lot of work. Offense look first team looked good. A lot. I don't a lot know about the rest. Better. We definitely need a competent backup quarterback. That's a big takeaway. Oh man, how about uh, Campbell's nickname for Devin Funches? What was that again? Uh, fucking bunches of oats. <laughs> bunches of oats, like right. That's the cereal, right? Yeah. Honey bunches, honey of, bunches oats, of oats, and he calls them bunches of oats. I mean, that was that's just classic Campbell. All right. Also, also, we got the clip of him calling uh, <laughs> Josh Reynolds the serpent of death. Yeah, no, that was. <laughs> yeah, that was I, great. Yeah, I did a little head shake when that, <laughs> that um, moment came up. We have not gotten – I don't think there's been any reports on whether or not uh, we'll see starters in this upcoming preseason game against the Colts. Um, it sounds like Goff wasn't even initially penciled into play, and he went to Dan Campbell and said he wanted to play. Well, that's fantastic. I so, love that from Goff. But uh, Campbell, in his previous preseason, they got one series, I think, with the starters um, in week one, and then really like a lot of the starters ended up not playing for the rest of the preseason. So who knows? With this upcoming one, I'm sure we'll see a lot of the younger guys um, that might be starting still play, um, you know, like Amon Ra or I don't know who else, you know, uh, some of the running backs will probably still see them. Um, But yeah, I I think um, really the only thing I just want to see the defense adjust a little bit more to what the Colts are doing on offense. And uh, for the love of God, man, I, I need to see a sack. I need to see a sack. I love the fact that they it looks like they're blitzing a lot more. Yeah. Which is really, really awesome. But we just I gotta see somebody get in the backfield. And against this Colts team. I know, that's gonna be tough. That's yeah. gonna be tough. So it'd be awesome to see. Yeah, this is a this is a much more interesting matchup to me than the Falcons one. Uh purely because it's much higher level of competition on paper. Oh yeah. Um, and also it's a road game for what that's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think, I think this is definitely one to pay a little bit more attention to, um, any initial predictions on the outcome of the game? Malcolm Rodriguez gets a sack. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's like inches away from solidifying a roster spot. So I, I would, I would say that he's he a prominent solidified. roster spot. Okay. Yeah. Say. yeah. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. Like right now, I would say he's probably sitting on the second string for linebackers and then probably kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, rotational and then probably helping out quite a bit on special teams. Yeah, well, like who's, you know, who's in front of him on the depth chart? I mean, really. It would probably Barnes and Anzalone. Yeah, I'm yeah. good with and, taking and, Anzalone out. <laughs> Well, Anzalone, who knows? You know, he he really had a, a much better second half of the season. I think Derek Barnes is still pretty green, um, but you know, he he seems to be leading that second string of linebackers right now too. You know, so. One last thing, I, I completely forgot to touch on it, but like, it is nice to see like a guy like Rodrigo like having like a impact right now because like I think when we when Brad Holmes initially got here, it was like a lot of the praise of Brad Holmes and the Rams was that he was able to find these late round oh, gems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think between Amon Ross St. Brown last year 
Yeah. And if this guy hits, that's that's two gems. Yeah. It could be, you know. Not to mention, you know, up until this past weekend, I didn't even know who Chase Lucas was. And Chase Lucas was our seventh round draft pick in the corners. And apparently this guy's been turning heads left and right at camp. And he had the game-winning interception in his hands, dropped know, it yeah. in the preseason game, which was so disheartening because, you know, as a seventh-round pick, you're really rooting for this guy. Yeah, talk about us so well. But he then comes back, uh, I think it was on Monday, when uh, he made a game-saving pick in uh, their scenario playthroughs, uh, which, by the way, um, defense swept the offense in, like, two-minute drill on Monday, which is good to hear because that's where the defense really, really needs to start improving. Um, but it's, it's awesome to hear that Chase Lucas is starting to turn heads, but that just speaks more to what you were talking about with Brad Holmes. This guy apparently knows how to draft and that's awesome to hear because that's what we need. And, you know, you have Aiden with the number two pick. Um, I mean, I'm feeling a lot better about, we haven't seen anything real yet, so whatever. But I will say, based off early reports and early stuff with him, feeling a lot better about his number two pick than Bob Quinn's number three pick, Jeff Okuda. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, like a- Aiden, we talked about in our predictions, has like rookie or defensive rookie of the year caliber potential. Yeah. Uh, and from all everything Dan Campbell's been saying about him, it sounds like he's just been a sponge and he's getting better and better. And like, yeah, you love to hear that. And it's been so long since this team has had anything up front to be actually like game planning for and scared of as yeah. an opposing team. So um, I'm excited. The other thing is uh, Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> I totally forgot what I was going to say for a second. Aiden Hutchinson was the highest rated defensive rookie uh, in preseason week one. Yeah. Again, and just another thing where you just love to see that stuff. Like it, it's so incredibly reassuring to us as fans that this was the right pick. Can I say one last thing before we close out our line segment? Yep. Um, just, you know, we're, we're over here sipping on our Kool-Aid for sure. Um, but PFF, I sent you the, the link to their post. Mm-hmm. PFF has their, um, their bold division takes going on right now with everybody oh yeah they even got the lions as the playoff team yeah right now and we gotta bring it down ladies and gentlemen let's yeah the the gridiron zeros podcast we'd love to be wrong but we see this as a seven win operation that's that's more than doubling their wins from last year that's that's the ceiling for us so yeah uh, when when you see pff posting this kind of stuff i'm just like it's concerning. Cool the brakes a little bit. It's concerning. <laughs> Had to bring it up. But. All right. Um, well, that was a great line segment. Let's go ahead and uh, close the show out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us at Great Iron Zero's podcast. Thank you again for listening to the episode. Be sure to follow us on TikTok uh, at Great Iron Zero's pod. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Great Iron Zero's. Um, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Just type in Great Iron Zero's. We should pop up. Um, uh, we definitely have a, uh, we definitely have a, a certain demographic on YouTube whenever we, uh, post NFC North it's or Lions, fans. Lions yeah. content, it seems like that, that resonates with people the most. So good to see the numbers take a little uptick as we get into the season here. It's nice. Absolutely. Thank you for the listens and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, 
you know, we we never really made it a, a, or we never really said why we're recording the show this morning uh, rather than our usual evening times, but it's because we have our fantasy football draft. Oh, later that's right. Yeah, that and, is true. Uh, we cannot record later because that starts at seven, and we just want to make sure we weren't button up against that. Uh, where are you picking in the draft? Fourth. Yeah, I'm not far behind you. I think I'm picking two. So, I hope I get Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do because um, I know we just had him as our comeback player of the year, but I am not loving McCaffrey at two. I just yeah. kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit. I'm a little <laughs> nervous about it. I'm not a big running backs in fantasy, you know. Anyways, so yeah, I don't yeah, know. Totally See fair. how it goes. I might, I might play the receiver game. I'm keeping Najee Harris, so that's that's looking pretty good for me. That's solid. Pretty solid running back. Yep. Um, but no, fantasy would be good. I don't know if we're going to do anything with fantasy in this show yeah. this year. It just, I agree. I don't know. Last year, uh, not really our niche. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll maybe with something fun, but, um, yeah, just thought I'd bring a little, a little bit of fantasy. Talk <laughs> that, and that's going to do it for our 2022, 23 yep. fantasy football talk. Um, but everybody be sure to make good choices, good decisions. Um, one last thing. All the reports coming out that people are sliding into Jared Goff is fiance's uh, DMs after lines lose and, and sending her death threats. That's oh, not a good what? choice. I didn't hear about that at all. Uh, it's all over Twitter. Not a good choice. Not a good decision. Don't do shit like that. It's just a game at the end of the day. It's fucking embarrassing. I know that those are not the true Lions fans, but don't do that shit. Make good choices. Make good decisions. Uh, and we will catch you on the next one. Hard Knocks episode three. We're getting so close, ladies and gentlemen. We're right around the corner from the start of the season. It's going to be a fantastic season, and I cannot wait. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.